everybody, welcome back to another episode of One of These Years on location, sort of, split locations. This is like when Brendan and I used to do the episodes and God knows where. I, uh, Nick Bomberger, of course, in Ann Arbor, Colton Pouncey in Greater Indianapolis. Colton, are you in Anderson or Carmel, Indiana right now? Neither, actually. I'm in Noblesville, Indiana currently. Noblesville? In my hotel. there. Yeah, Noblesville. Very good. How's it been? It's been good. Uh, very scenic over here. You know, the great state of Indiana is super scenic. Um... But no, I mean the complex is actually pretty cool, like yeah. where they have it in Westfield. Yeah, uh, there's a lot going camp. on. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I, I I told you, and you know this, you agree. Uh, Indy Indy and the general area is a um, low key. I like it. I like I, it. There's a lot to do in those little areas around there. Indy's fun, and I'm, yeah, we talked about these. We talked about this the other day. I'm glad the combine's still gonna be in Indy. Yeah. Um, yeah. instead of Dallas or LA, that'd be chaos oh, out there. God. So. <laughs> Yeah, Indy's a great town. Yeah. Indy is low-key very good, uh, especially if you're on the um, travel circuit that Colton will be on. It's one of those where it's like, there's a lot to do. Uh, there's not as much to do as obviously like in L.A. or whatever, but it's also not annoying. <laughs> it's right. not annoying like L.A. would be, right? So, And in the dead of February... Like, yeah, you take that I mean, nine, yeah. ten times out of ten, yeah. You're giving up a lot, but you also get a lot back, and for people like us, uh, that's pretty good. But anyway, we'll talk football here today. Uh, Skolton's going to go back out there later this morning um, for day two. Uh, day one, I, I assume it'll be pretty similar, right? They'll they'll do a lot of the situational stuff and then probably scrimmage. Um, yeah. The big takeaways, though, Colton, and this is where we'll start with you uh, from day one, I think from a lot of people and a lot of the questions that we have, and Chris is going to come on later um, surrounds the defense because I think yesterday a lot of the tweets that came out um, were centered around the Colts offense having maybe its best day of camp as <laughs> a pass offense and the Lions yeah. defense not having a great day in the secondary and that's where we're going to start because I think that if we talk about the full defense maybe the picture looks a little bit different but we'll start with probably the not so good which is the secondary. Um, what did you see yesterday from from those dudes specifically you know, the, the top guys, uh, Amani and uh, Okuda. Yeah, this was a good little little period for us to watch because we've been saying for a couple weeks now, like, what is the secondary going to look like? Because it, it's no surprise that, you know, the Lions offense has been winning more of those battles than they've been mm-hmm. losing. Um, so part of us, you know, we were kind of talking, it's like, are the Lions pass catchers and wide receivers like that good? Or is it more like the DBs? Like, you know, we'll, we'll figure that is out. Both? You know, right, yeah. Is it both? Yeah. So... I think we always knew that we would figure it out, you know, with these practices, you know, especially I don't think the preseason game is going to matter much. It's more the work being done in Indy this week. And it's not like the Colts have like an elite set of pass catchers. You know, they have some good players, but no one would confuse us to be one of the top receiver cores in the league. So it was a good little test for them. And to be honest, like it it seemed like the general mood around the Colts, like going into this was, yeah, Matt Ryan has not looked great. The receivers had not been getting a ton of separation. Right. You would not have known that by watching that practice yesterday. You would not have known it just based mm-hmm. on what they're doing against these Lions corners specifically. Um, you know, Amani Orarie. I think yeah. I said that right. You're going to get there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll get there. <laughs> uh, he, had a, he had a pretty tough day. Um, yeah. You know, I was watching a lot of the one-on-ones with the Lions DBs and Colts pass catchers. And, you know, those drills are kind of, you know, geared towards the offense winning yeah uh, it's harder for the defense to win to be fair yes no doubt i mean i was i played corner in high school and like i know right. i've been on the other side of that offense so I know. has the whole field right yep. like yes it's, it's not fun <laughs> so i, I want to give him like the benefit of the doubt there yeah but, always always say that first right yeah um i think amani had a good rep at the beginning i kind of got over there a little late so when i but when i was watching 
he got beat a few times and mm-hmm. they put him against Pittman and I think they wanted to see that matchup a lot. And Pittman got called for offensive pass interference on one of those, but honestly, he didn't really need to push off. Like he was already right. in that position yeah. anyway. Yeah. With yeah. a deep ball there. Just went up and grabbed it over Amani. Um, then there's another rep where Pittman kind of did this inside out move, you know, got towards the sideline. Amani was pretty much out of position, had no chance, mm-hmm. and then he caught it and went upfield. So I watched those two reps and I was like, I don't know about this man. I watched the Cuda. <laughs> Akuda yeah. got beat by Alec Pierce like a few times, I think. Like the rookie, rookie wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of looked completely out of place and a little right. bit lost out there. And that's kind of like what we've seen from him. He's always got his back turned to, you know, the receiver. And right, chasing. all of a sudden he's chasing them. He sees the back of their numbers. It's like mm-hmm. that's what we've seen from Akuda a lot of, you know, this training camp. And he's had his moments. But, you know, again, it comes back to when we're talking about the third overall pick in the draft. We're We're talking about him as if he's like this – you know, scrappy fifth or sixth right. round yeah. pick sometimes. Right, yeah, great point. Well said. He was a first round pick. So I, you, know, you know, it's the conversation is, about, and that's what you're highlighting here are, it's everything for what we're talking about with these two guys. Because you're talking about Amani and Okuda as possibly the Lions hoping that they can be a one or a two corner, vice versa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these drills test your ability in press. And their weaknesses, Amani and Okuda, is it's press. They they are bad, below average. I would say based on the uh, NFL tape we've seen from them, they are below average press corners. And there's really not anything else. I th- you know there's enough evidence on Amani at this point. Uh, I think that you could say he's a solid zone corner. That when he's playing, you know, in fa- or, you know in coverage with help, he knows what he's doing. Um, you know he can win some press reps against some some maybe some guys that aren't really super physical or don't have a lot of twitch, but it's just not his strength. And then mm-hmm. with Okuda, you know it it has not been there. And I think yeah. that that's another thing you bring up, Alec Pierce. Um, you know he's a guy I watched the Colts. You know I went back and watched their offense. You know with the All Twenty Two last week after because I wanted to see Matt Ryan. And to your point earlier, Colton like the, some of the Colts guys had said and some of the writers down there. I think you know the, that he looked kind of shaky. And, you know, the receivers weren't getting a lot of separation, and it was all true. I mean, you go back and you watch the tape, and they really didn't run Colts' offense. They weren't involving the run game and then opening that up. You know, so guys weren't really getting the open. Kyer Elam, the rookie corner from Buffalo, was kind of shutting Pierce down a couple times at the line of scrimmage. So when I hear stuff like this, it tells me more of what we've already seen, which is, and we saw it, frankly, in the preseason game on Friday. Okuda got beat over the middle in the red zone on a play that ended up resulting in a touchdown. I mean, Omani, Imani, I think was a little bit better, but again, I saw him get beat on a route over on an over route that I don't think was thrown, but it was something similar to where it's like, we've seen this way too much. So yeah, I mean, maybe today's better, but like, like Colton, you said a minute ago, like y- you hate to dog on these guys. Cause the effort's always there. Like you saw, I, yeah. I saw a clip the lines put out that Jeff got a PBU on somebody later in the day and was jacked mm-hmm. up about it. And he should that be good. excited. That was good. Great play, man. But like when you're asked to go out there on an island and play in press, it's still not there. And it wasn't there in the game against Atlanta. It's not there. You know, I would I would bet that in eleven on eleven, the Lions were probably better defensively. Am I wrong or were they not? Is, is that is that unfair Are we talking to say? about the sec are we talking about the secondary or the, the, the entire defense? defense. The entire defense. Yeah, I would say it evened out a little bit there. Entire yeah. defense. Not um, good. Yeah. No, <laughs> and, and again, if right. you're talking, if you're looking for positives, um, yeah, I don't think Jonathan Taylor had any major runs. He might have had right. like one that went right. for like eight yards or something like that. 
I didn't see him like go off. You didn't hear the crowd cheering for Jonathan Taylor, exactly. time, which I think was good. Um, yeah. You know, the run defense <laughs> yes, was also bad last year. Yeah. So, 100%. You know, um, so that's good. I think they've kind of that, – that was good to see. That was a little bit encouraging. I thought – I watched a little bit of Charles Harris and Aiden and the mm-hmm. one-on-ones against the offensive line, and they did a pretty good job in those. Harris specifically. Yeah. Um, I think Hutch got some pressure in the red zone, and I think he forced like a, you know, Matt Ryan ball in the dirt or something like that. Right, um, right One right. of those are, you know, technically a sack or whatever. Um, so I thought the defensive line held up okay. Like Lee McNeil was kind of getting in there a little bit, so that was good. Um, linebackers, Malcolm was, you know, he got some first team reps and was out there really with Anzalone to start each team drill, which I thought was interesting. That's very notable. Um, and he didn't look, you know, there's some, some moments where, you know, he looked like a rookie. He was kind of just running to a wall, but also, you know, with him, it's always like you, you'd rather have him react than just kind of sit back, right. With a linebacker, oh, yeah. any linebacker. Absolutely. Um, and he's all, he's always like one to recover. Even no hesitation with him, right. It's out just of place. go. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so I saw a lot more of that and the fact that they like him and they put him out there. I think that's also a message for some of the other guys at that yeah. position, but you know, it was good to see, you know, the rook getting in there and getting some reps against a, a, a pretty good Colts offense. And uh-huh. um, so that was good. But other than that, like, again, going back to the secondary and team stuff, Okuda got beat on, you know, you know deep post and there kind of dove and fell and Pittman <laughs> picked up another, I think like 20 yards on the, after the catch and kept right. running. So that was like a 40 yard gain on, Akuda, um, I think Amani gave up a red zone touchdown to Alec Pierce, uh, right. like back corner end zone. Um, it was just not really a good day. And, and Matt Ryan, bad, I think, right? Yes, one on one matchups again. Yes, you're, 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 and that's the point, right? Where it's like, so when they're all together, eleven on eleven, you can hide some of that. Was my, yeah. was sort of my point earlier. Where when they're all out there together, it's going to look a little bit better. It's going to, you know, because. Harris is going to beat somebody once in a while and maybe get you off the field. Like, that's the hope this year. Or, you know, Hutchinson maybe is going to pick up a couple more. Or McNeil or maybe Levi gets healthy. And the front can be something that shrinks the time that these guys have to cover. But the question remains, and I will have it every day until the end of camp. Like, are you going to sign another corner? Are you going to go sign a corner? Because, I mean, I made the little Twitter joke or whatever, I guess, the other day. I tweeted the gif of the lion roaring when um, the Niners cut Darquez Denard. Oh yeah, but like you know, and and Denard's not a guy who's played a ton over the last couple of years, but I mean he's a man coverage veteran specialist who understands how to play man coverage. Tough dude, right? Not asking him to come in here and be like all pro, yeah. but I would argue you could make a strong case that they need to go, and I think everybody would argue this at this point. They need to go find, I think, a veteran ish. But also maybe somebody who's still younger and has something to prove, but somebody like DJ Chark's age. Yeah. A veteran corner who's a who's got the dog in him with, you know, the ability to to hang in in man coverage and can sort of maybe rub that off on the other guys or at least hold the water while they figure it out. Because I still worry that you're gonna get into games and you're gonna be better at the uh, you know up front and you're gonna be better in the middle and those corners like you just said Colton you're gonna get down the red zone and you're gonna get burned in the back corner on third and seven and you're yep. gonna go what the hell we still can't get off the field because we're not winning one-on-one matchups in space wide because you don't have the athletes to do it yep. and you know that's the concern so that's what I'm sort of vibing with I don't know if it's different from what you're seeing but it feels like it's similar <laughs> to what no you're seeing. I, I think you bring up a good point and something that I haven't really thought about much but the, like, wh- who are the corners on this team that have that dog mentality, you know? They don't. Yeah, Jerry Jacobs, and he's hurt. 
and yeah. AJ Parker, and he's 150 pounds. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, Pac-Man Jones was at practice yesterday, and like you know, there's no one that has that kind of ain't no Pac-Man out there on this no. team. No, doesn't exist. You're right. It's like they don't have one. They celebrate when they make a play. You know, they're doing the no fly zone and all that stuff. But when they yeah, get beat they over work. the middle, they just kind of they just yeah, stand there and like oh, there's okay. the difference. It's the difference between and you know it. Like as a former corner yourself, there. I mean, it's the <laughs> difference between just and Aaron Glenn. It was like one of the greatest of all time. It's the totally lock in, zone in on everything we're doing right here for the next eight seconds. And then when that eight seconds is over, cut it, drop it, move on to the next one. And we don't even think about the last, right? Mm-hmm. And we're just, and the intensity builds and it never slows. And we don't see that from the Lions corners. We see yep. smart players who sort of see the game, who try to slow the game down some, I think, and try to think, which is good, but I, you do need somebody in there. You know, Darius Slay would have been a good, <laughs> would have been a good one in there at some point, but like you need somebody out here who can, stick a guy in the slot and not just give the other team gimmies. Because I'm afraid that's what's going to happen. I'm afraid, from all yep. things you're telling me here, that we're going to see a defense that's better on first and second down, that's forcing teams into more third and longs, and still getting beat. Because yep. last year, and this was the ultimate thing under Patricia, it would be, you know, well, it was constantly third and three, third and four, and you have no chance in the NFL really on that anyway. So you can blame the run defense and not really have to sit there and have the conversation. Now, the run defense is improving and your corners aren't really coming along for the ride. So the question's, you know, yeah. I mean, I think that they're going to be fair. We'll see what they do today. And then I guess in this game on, uh, is it Friday? Am I, my dates are all off. Saturday, Saturday. at 1, 1 p.m. I think. <laughs> Saturday yeah. at 1. So we'll see how they do there, right? But, like, I think that's a fair question as we move into next week. Because... How these guys finish this week is important, but like we knew that coming in, right? We talked about that Monday. Like mm-hmm. these corners are going to get tested, and it's going to be a huge week for them. What else? What else did we see uh, defensively? Or who else? Anything else stand out? Um, you know, I thought some of the so I thought the the safeties looked pretty good, um, pretty okay. solid out there. Yeah. So yeah, when you talk about the corners, I think it's more like can, how much can we hide these guys because there's yeah enough right. around them to maybe yeah it's those situations that you don't want to get into, but like I right. just mentioned, but. You know, Tracy looked good in one-on-one coverage. They had the safeties going against the tight ends, which is yes, you know good, good for them. Instead of the you know fast wide receiver that right, they're not yep. going to be able to yeah, keep up they with. Have no chance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Tracy like dominated his reps. Uh, Deshaun looked really good too. Um, so those guys look good. Uh, Kirby Joseph, he had a, a pretty, I would say for the most part, a good day. There's one one drill that they're doing. It's like the special teams drill where they have you know the gunner running and he goes out of bounds. Oh, yeah. gets, you know, pushed out of bounds, and there are two guys blocking him. He got a little manhandle in that one. I'll say that. Like they roughed him up a little bit. I think McAfee got that that shot in his uh, his oh, broadcast. That was a little rough. But other than that, I thought he looked pretty solid. Hey, but um, he bounces back after some of that, right? He like, really does. Yeah, yeah. And that's what um, you see from him. He did well in, in the late period um, team stuff. He there was a sequence where he almost picked off Nick Foles, and then the next play he did pick up off uh, oh, yeah, Foles. Go. So that was a good good little period for him. I thought uh, overall he looked pretty solid out there and. He had some good reps in the one-on-ones too. So I feel better about the safeties now than I do the corners. Um, that's good. So I think, I think that's, that's good. Some I think that's a positive. place to start because we just talked about this. Like you can hide these guys. You can hide them to a degree, yeah. not forever, but it's easier to hide them if the safeties are playing well. And like Kirby, like we talked about this a lot. And I still think that there's a possibility that Malafonu or Kirby 
uh, winds up as your de facto like nickel defender in, in mm-hmm. this defense. I think it's very possible that we see three safeties uh, here, especially if they don't add another corner. Because again, like I mean, are we waiting? Are you just going to wait on Jerry Jacobs to come back? I mean, I know Jerry Jacobs <laughs> had a nice year. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's a returning Pro Bowler. I mean, it's like right. that's what we're talking about. So. Wouldn't surprise me at all if we see more, and I would actually, you know, when they get back from Indy, I'd be curious to see, you know, if Kirby and uh, Malafonu have better weeks, uh, you know, do we see them get mixed in with the first defense more? You know, I I could definitely see, because both of those guys um, have man coverage ability, and I would argue that Kirby Joseph is probably, I don't know about Malafonu, he hasn't been around he, he, he was not hurt and everything. He was not a practice. Or yeah, but he might have been there, but he wasn't participating. Joseph, had, you know, you talk about the dog stuff, like having that mentality. Like of all the guys in the secondary that they've got right now, like Elliot and and Kirby Joseph might be, well, Jerry Jacobs, but Joseph kind of feels like that to me. A guy, the guys that, that are currently of, there, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Like, do you agree with that? Like, Joseph feels like a guy to me it, when he makes a mistake, kind of like Malcolm. You don't really see him dip his head or. He doesn't suck for the next six plays. He right. just moves on and he, he makes does. a hit. You know what I mean? Quick yeah. memory and yeah, I do see some of that dog in him. So for a young player too, I don't like. Is that a good thing? He's the, not afraid. The youngest player in that, that defensive yes. backfield is. Well, it's not a good thing for the rest of the guys. That's what I'm but, saying. Yeah, but look, it's good for him. But <laughs> it's the same conversation that Kelvin Shepard was having in the linebackers room on Hard Knocks yes. that everybody saw, yes. where he was like, "I am trying. I am begging. I'm I trying don't to keep... play Malcolm. Come on, <laughs> right. man. I'm begging you guys." Somebody take his job. Somebody bump him off the line. Do something. But I'm not going to sit here and you know not play this guy. This isn't college, okay? We're not going to sit him because you're older yeah. or whatever. Like that's not what we're going to do here. And if he's coming in here with a fearlessness and an attitude that is, you know, and I guess that's the thing that we really didn't see last year that I think we would have, right? If if things hadn't changed, like if Jeff Okuda had gone through the year and not gotten hurt and his mentality was similar of the dip in the head and all that. Mm. Jerry Jacobs would have taken this job. And that would we would be having a very different conversation right now because he would have lost his job to a UDFA last year. Yes. Point blank yeah. period. Cuz Jacobs was the guy who walked into camp and started punching people and was not afraid and doesn't flinch and that's why they play him. Mm. And so when we talk about Kirby Joseph going out there and not flinching, that's why he's going to play. We have yet to see it all the way every day from Okuda. And, you know, there's all sorts of factors there. The injury, uh, the fact that he had to come into this organization at a point in time when it was a mess. He was the high-profile pick of that, you know, final regime. All of that has to be factored in to the mental stuff mm-hmm. and the load, I think, that he goes through. Um, and, you know, you and I and Chris, we try as much as we can every time I think we talk about him, maybe sometimes more so, to be cognizant of that. But... It is year three, and it is time to go. And I think that that's where I'm kind of at with with Okuda. It's like I don't. I'm not really interested in hearing the staff say he had a good game when he didn't anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, I think that's really where I'm at. Like, I'm not really interested in hearing that. And I think, frankly, some of that could start to cause maybe issue. You know, uh, that's not helping his growth. I would argue. So that's one. You know, maybe we've talked too much about Jeff Okuda. Anything else we saw out there? Uh, that you want to touch up or is there anything more on that topic before we move on to uh, other things? Well, one, one, I guess one note I'll make, you know, yeah. in hard knots, one thing I thought was good and I didn't actually write about this cause we, there's so much to write about, but you know, Aaron Glenn kind of talking to the team and saying, 
you know, calling out Jonah Jackson. He's like, you went to Ohio State, man. Like, yeah, man. did you go? You went every week thinking you were going to win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Jeff was on that team with him. Jeff was on that team for three years. Jonah was yes. at Rutgers to start his career, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. So, it's, you know, I, I think that his overall point was, you know, we got to get that feeling back where you go in oh, every yeah. week winning. And, yeah. I, and I, I think that was good to hear from him. But, you know, you can also kind of take that and use it towards Jeff, too, and be like, Jeff, like you were the third overall pick. Jeff, you went to Ohio State. You don't really look like that guy. We need to get that guy back. Like, mm-hmm. where's that dog mentality? Yeah. You went into every week thinking that you were going to dominate, and you did. So yes, let's get some did. of that back. Yeah, when we talk that's, about that's that mentality, I think that could great be point. somewhat, you know, placed on Jeff. Too. And I do think that it's like, you know, and again, we said that earlier, like, he's an interesting guy. And he's had a lot on his plate, a lot to deal with that other people don't have to deal with. And that's a lot. fair. Yep. And, I, and I think that sometimes you can tell from him that he knows that other people don't get that, that yeah. other people don't understand sort of all the bullshit <laughs> that he's had to sort of go through here yeah. that others just haven't. Um, and I think that pisses him off. And frankly, that needs to stop pissing him off. Like he needs to be able to just go play football. And like you said, Golden, be the guy who they drafted because yeah. he was not a bad college football player. We all saw him in college as a good, you know, whether or not he's going to be a shutdown corner in the NFL for a long time, I don't think that's going to happen. I do think Jeff Okuda can be a good football player in the NFL beyond yeah. his rookie contract. And the ceiling on that, I don't know what that is. And I, you know, I, but mentally it's got to start probably picking up there. And and he'll have his chance. And, you know, yes, I agree. He'll have his chance to prove us all wrong. And he'll and have his chance here. He'll have his chance here to prove absolutely. us all wrong this season. I mean, and they're going to, Clearly, they're going to let him try it, and maybe maybe it'll start turning a corner. We'll see. Uh, how much offense um, did you check out? Yes, I know you're going to watch more of that today. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Mr. Swift. Uh, yeah, we can do it. With he, ta- he actually spoke to the media yesterday. So Yeah, so big segment from him uh, and Deuce on Hard Knocks there. And I know you wrote about it. I tweeted that thing yesterday, and I thought it was super interesting when they were – not only did they catch – the thing they've been harping on with him right away in game, but you know, you saw Deuce was all over him. Uh, Campbell was on him, and most important, I thought Colton um, Swift was like there for it. He was not, yeah, shut up, Deuce, put my head down. Like he was like, what you know, all the way in to hear it, and it just was another example for me uh, of. It was a good sign. It was a good sign, I thought, because like he DeAndre Swift seems to be in a good place. I, how did I don't know how he looked yesterday, but. Right now, I would agree. He seems to be in a good place. I would agree with that. Uh, and he looked good yesterday. Um, he had. I watched some of the offense. I was more watching like when they got down the red zone. I was watching them a little bit there. Um, Swift had a stretch run to the left where he scored. No one really near him. Um, outside yeah. run. Uh, looked great in one on ones against the the linebackers and pass catching all that stuff. So he's looked like DeAndre Swift. But right. you mentioned it. It's like I was watching Hard Knocks and I wrote that in my recap. Like. Deuce was letting him have it, which is not a new thing. He was letting him have it, (laughs) and Swift was just taking it. He was just like, yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. Let's go. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, Yes, it it seemed like, yeah, the the understanding was there. Mm -hmm. And that's important with with a guy like Swift. And, you know, Campbell talked about him yesterday, I think, and was like, you know, it's never been an issue of talent or anything. It's just we Mm got to get the most out of him, and that's what we're working to do right now. And they are, and he looks to be in a good place, like you said. He spoke yesterday and was asked about Deuce getting on him. And he kind of laughed. He's like, I mean, that's Deuce, man. Like, you know, it was kind of going off like that. But he understands why he's doing it. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the important part. Like, Deuce is not just getting in his face to be an asshole. He's doing it because he knows that Swift has special skills. 
and they want to get the most out of that. Like Deuce was in that meeting on Hard Knock saying, I'm, I'm going to get it out of him. Like I'm going to yeah. be the guy that gets that out of him because I've been around some backs and his ability in open space and open field is special. So I want to get that out of him. I'm going to get that out of him. And I thought that was cool to see and cool to see Swift's reaction to it too. Yeah, Chris tweeted, uh, I think after that show, maybe it was you or Chris, one of them, like it was a, it's been a gift for Swift to have Deuce as his position yes. coach here. I mean, uh, because it's come, mm-hmm. it's come at the exact right time. And I think that there's been some misconceptions floating around out there that people think that Swift is like soft and doesn't work hard or all that, which is really not yeah, true. That's not it. Um, and that's really not what they're concerned about. But there is a, there is a sort of like confidence, I think, that they're trying to get out of him, right? And that's the toughness, the mental toughness, because the play that he got super pissed about was, you know, the basic counterplay where he goes outside instead of inside. And if he goes inside on that run, it's going to be harder, right? It's going to be, he's going to have to make a couple of, you know, moves in space and he might get whacked by somebody, by somebody, right? Like, but, but he's also a special athlete who, when challenged, has proven he can beat people in space. And, you know, Deuce isn't wrong when he says if you cut that thing back up inside, it might have been a touchdown. I mean, we don't know that it, it wouldn't have been, right? So, I'm, I mean, I'm obviously new to watching Swift, but it seems like maybe he just trusts his own speed that he can beat anyone around 100%. the edge, right? And yes. that yes, it's like that's not always going to be the case. Like Deuce, you know, in, in the meeting room, he kind of singled out a, a play where he's running to the outside. I think Deshaun Elliott's chasing him down, has an angle, yep. doesn't even put up a stiff arm, just like thinks, oh, I'm fast enough to beat him. Yeah, and he gets like, tackled for a loss right. instead of scoring yeah. on that on that run. So right. that's my take on it. I don't know if that's kind of that's been the idea. That's 100%. All these I years. agree. Okay. And gotcha. it was like that. I think it was like that for him at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I just – not that he wasn't challenged at Georgia because he was. They were in a super talented room. But you remember when he was at Georgia, it was like Todd Gurley was there and some other guys that were studs. So it's like five yeah. NFL backs – and I think they're all just sort of trying to like show that <laughs> what their talent is. And like you said, like trust their speed, trust their agility, be themselves, just do whatever comes instinctual to you. Sort of like what you did in high school almost. Yeah. And that's, I think, what they're trying to get out of him. 100%. Because yep. he had a run. I can even date back to like his rookie year. He had a run against uh, Jacksonville where he popped one. Boom. I mean, he made the right cut on a on a gap run, just like in the, in the Hard Knocks episode. Makes the right cut, gets into the open field, and then it's him versus safety, and he's got the angle on the guy, and he can kind of do whatever he wants with him, right? He can set him up and mm-hmm. cut him and just toast him if he wants, but he tries to beat him to the corner, and the safety yeah. catches him, and it's instead of a 65-yard touchdown, it's a 40-yard run. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's – and we've seen that. You know, Adrian Peterson was here for a brief amount of time, and he talked about that a lot with Swift. Mm-hmm. He was like, this guy, when he figures out how to turn five into 30 – it's gonna it's gonna take off, and that's what they're yeah. trying to get from him. If you can get DeAndre Swift in between the hashes with guys coming at him, not knowing which way he's gonna cut, it's over. Like they can't handle that. Like you, we've seen. That's why he's special. That in an ele- you know, in a in a phone booth and the ability to kind of cut out of it. That's his superpower. Not turning the corner and just racing a guy outside, like he, like you've said, like he's trying to do. Yeah, but it's good to see because he. he but he is a physical guy. He doesn't mind taking hits, as we've seen. He's put his head down a few times, run through some people. He's a really interesting guy, man. I think just, I, I think he's going to be have a really good season. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It just seems like it needs to be muscle memory for him. Like, yeah. I, I can do this every time instead of just, you know, deferring yeah. to the outside. Like, I can go in there, make a cut, and still get yards that way. That just has to be muscle memory for him, and he has to get that consistent, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, and, and it's like, 
it's fascinating because you have a guy like Jamal Williams behind him who always makes the right. <laughs> you yep. know, like he, and that's the thing where they tell him, I think they're like, we will play him because over you, he doesn't, you know, he makes the right decision and he's not as athletically gifted as you. So we'll, you know, we'll sacrifice if that's what we have to do. And that's where you end up looking at these things and you say, the reason why they're on him, there's two things. Deuce knows that he's a super talent and they can get all that out of him and he can be a great player for this team and everything going forward. But also they want him to get paid. Like they want, I think they want DeAndre to get paid. So they're just like, dude, you could blow up and become a guy who is, what did he say yesterday? I want to be a thousand receiving and a thousand rushing. Yep. Hey, exactly. I mean, that's not off. I don't, I, he, I think he could do that. I think think that's something that's possible for him. Um, based on the rest of the guys in the league that that do do it. And when Dan Campbell gave the little bit of the indirect Alvin Kamara thing mm-hmm. earlier this camp, the difference between DeAndre Swift and Alvin Kamara right now is Kamara cuts that ball inside 10 times out of 10. Yep. And DeAndre's not there yet. And I think that that's probably what they're working on. But yep. closer than he was a year ago, for sure. I think we can say that, absolutely. What else do we yep. see uh, offensively there? So it seems like from what I've gathered, just talking to some of the Colts guys out there and just, you know, kind of picking brains, it seems like the offense had a, overall had a bit of a slow start against mm-hmm. Colts defense. Um, I think Goff was like seven for 14 and some early team stuff, or maybe that was the one on one drills. I can't remember. Um, and, it, you know, the Colts defense is legit. I mean, oh, got, yeah. Yeah. I could see them struggling in, in Gilmore's out seven. there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. So they've got some dogs over there. So I, I don't think it was surprising necessarily. No. Yeah, they're really um, good defensively. And and again, it's kind of like we talked about this with the Colts offense, how they kind of struggled early until they met this line secondary. Uh, <laughs> the Lions offense has looked great, and now they're facing another <laughs> opponent, and things got a little tougher. But exactly, this is it the does, Falcons, right? <laughs> it's ain't the Falcons. Yeah. It's ain't the Uh, but at the same time, it does seem like they kind of bounce back. You know, Goff was like, yeah, I thought we were a little rough. Maybe just still getting used to going against another defense early mm-hmm. on. But I thought we finished strong. I thought we had some good moments in the red zone. They did. There's a little sequence where um, uh, the offense was moving the ball in the red zone. They, had, they started at the 20 to this drill where they just kind of got yeah. down to the six. And then they scored on one play. I think it was Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown, who's looked amazing all camp. And that continued yeah. yesterday. Well, that's good to hear. A uh, little – sideline pass like right in front of the pylon basically um and they kind of squeaked it in there um so that was good and then once they got once they scored the first time they just like kept going from there and they're like all right let's do another rep from the eight or whatever yeah um that's when swift got his touchdown run and they did another one one more play with the first team offense together and goff found a wide open josh reynolds but he dropped it reynolds had a pretty tough tough day i think a couple drops out there so it's not good not great for him, but overall, I thought you know that apparently, if if things were a little rough early, they kind of got together towards the end there. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'm interested to see them. Yeah, you're gonna uh, watch more of them today. More yeah. of them today, yeah. And the- I did see Tom Kennedy, our guy, <laughs> who we keep cutting <laughs> yeah. on this 53. He uh, was getting some first team reps. I don't know how much of that had to do with um, you know Quintus yeah, Cephas wasn't part- he wasn't participating yeah. um, in the team stuff. He was doing some one on ones, but. They were working Kennedy in there, man, and he was getting a lot of reps. Uh, you know, so. I, I actually wanted to bring that up because some people before, because I know we're going to run you out of here. You got to get to practice. But uh, <laughs> there were some people that had some, took issue with some of our cuts, yeah. I think, because we cut some special teams guys. Yeah. And I knew that this was going to happen. And I think it's important to note that 
we could be totally wrong and like, you know, Bobby Price and those guys could be on the team. But yeah. I will say this. You on this team, the way it goes forward, you cannot keep six guys just because they can play they've got to be able to do something on the field. Yeah. And I think that that's they have more guys right now. I would argue that you you would want to take the ride with and say Kirby Joseph, you're going to play special teams and safety. Yeah. Not just special, you know what I mean? So like yeah. when I hear that from people, I think you know, a lot of fans, I think, are still conditioned in the old Patricia way of because they would keep guys like that. And I would they? Okay. Sometimes, sometimes, and it's like I just don't think that's going to happen as much going forward. Now, if if you know the secondary is an interesting case, and so are those linebackers. If guys suck and can't get it together, that's a different conversation. Yeah. But I don't know about like keeping you know Bobby Price or C.J. Moore or Pittman just because they were good special teams players before, and that's it. Yeah. I got to see more from them, you know, in 11 on 11. I mean, do you disagree? I think that we had no. that conversation. I know that. Yeah. I think we, the way that we kind of based this was off of what we've seen in practice in those team drills. Yeah. Um, like Savion Smith, I thought he's looked pretty exactly. good. Exactly. So in 11 on 11, he's been great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind of how we went about this more so Kaminsky, than like, ooh, you know. is this guy going to be a, a good special teams <laughs> yeah, player? Is he going to be a Pro Bowl, spe- a Pro Bowl gunner? Yeah. Pro- like, maybe. If he wants to be, he can. Yeah. Like, you know, like. We weren't really basing off that, but yeah, I, right. I understand why. Yeah, people. If Patricia was doing that, I understand the condition. It's interesting. Stuff, so, it's yeah. an interesting conversation because it's you know it is important in the NFL. You do have to have guys who want to play special teams, who want to yeah. be good at it, who will look at it like this is my this is my job, this is my ticket to eating. You know, this week. Yes. But I, but I think that if you're drafting the right people, and the Lions think that they are, that's every guy on your team. If yes. you at like Jamison Williams covered punts at Bama because he wanted to like that, these are things that and uh, you you know I know you don't want him out there covering punts or whatever, but you have yeah. guys on your team that are going to play valuable roles. Play them on special. It's not you know that's what you do in the NFL. So yeah. I, I think that there are some guys that are going to make it like Godwin uh, and maybe some of those guys in the secondary will simply because they can wear like multiple hats. Um, but we, I don't think we're going to see as many. Well, he's just a special teams guy. <laughs> Stay in anymore because I think you're you're just there's too many other pieces, but we'll see. Uh, that yeah. was one thing that came up a lot in our 53. Anything um, anything else before we let you go here and, and head on out? I know you got uh, um, to roll out here. Do we want to talk about the backups quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean we can. How they look? I mean Saturday, uh, <laughs> the Hard Knocks episode was all about it. So yeah. <laughs> here we go again. I think Blouse kind of emerges as the number two. You think he's um, passed him now? Okay, it well, seems I mean, he like was, it. He was probably better in the preseason game, right? But yeah. he still fumbles. I mean, they did cut the center, though. You notice that. They cut yeah. <laughs> for the high snap and not yeah, Blau. Yeah. So you're probably right. But Blau, I mean, Blau also yeah. should have gotten that. I mean, it wasn't like terribly and, high. And yeah, and he would said. say the same. Yeah. Maybe they are. Maybe they are making the switch. You know, Boyle did the same thing. It's the same counter to him. It's like the only thing he did in that game was make the million-dollar Shot throw twice, and then that nothing. He did nothing yeah. else the rest of the game. The, the forty-five <laughs> yarder to Raymond, and then the and then the touch the fade pass, the, to the punches. punches yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, punches got hurt. I think punches it was a hurt. thing. So, so that's not good. But and yeah. he had a good preseason game. Yeah. Uh. So well, yeah. That's another one. Tight end looks like I think that's going to settle too. Um. Brock mm-hmm. Wright, James Mitchell, TJ. That seems like. Yeah. Right. That seems almost. I would be surprised almost at this point if it's not that. I don't think you need any more than that. So no, I would, and those I would and those guys have played well in Brock Wright, and I think they challenged Brock Wright, and right, and I think that was fair. I think he needed it, and um, 
I think he's played well so far. It looks like he's done his job because TJ, I think they, they're careful with his load. And so Wright's got a lot of work with the ones. And I think he's handled himself pretty well. So I think that's sort of, that's good for them. I think that's settling out. Guys stepped up and took jobs. It seems yeah. like. We'll see how it pans out. But No fights, really. A little sc- some some scuffles out there, but not I a ton s- of. I saw that somebody that quit Nelson had to break up a scrap. Oh, some- I think Okuda that was uh, after Okuda somebody. went after Pittman. I think after a catch or something, and then Quentin they kind of like, went at up. it. <laughs> Nelson got in there and was like, "All right, this is over." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Nelson was like, "We're done with this right now." Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, maybe today, maybe we can see uh, my money's on Nelson uh, fight or something. My, my money's on St. Brown to <laughs> yeah, get into right. something. I'd be very shocked if he doesn't get in a fight today. So today, Colton will be watching more offense, um, and we'll see. And we'll and it'll be good to see. I mean, maybe guys bounce back today, maybe they don't. And like yeah. these are very important things. Also, go check out uh, Colton's story from today. He'll have another one uh, later today, uh, I'm sure, or tomorrow. In any event, we'll do that. Colton, appreciate it. Yep. Get don't be late. Get out there. Get your coffee and uh, get your alarm shut off. Right. We'll do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll be back on the other side with Chris. Uh, hang on right here. Chris, how are we doing? Welcome back to your show. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, I, I do miss the joint practices a little. Those are always pretty fun. Uh, yeah. And, and the Indianapolis setup is nice. So curious to see. Uh, Colton's yeah, in we're, Noblesville right now. Hey, yeah. Man. Beautiful. So beautiful yeah. Noblesville. <laughs> I tell you, there's a – when I started covering – like started working in this industry in Michigan, I didn't realize how – like, it's like four times a year you have to go to Indiana for yeah for all the events. time all the time <laughs> it's just and like Indi- there. I've been to Indianapolis for stuff more than probably anything any other city combined <laughs> in yeah, anything same, in my right. life like <laughs> Indianapolis and like general places in Florida I think are usually where I spend most of my <laughs> travel time but uh, in any event we talked with Colton earlier um, about yesterday's. Practice. I know, Chris, you were actually at the preseason game. Um, so a couple of these things I want to hit on with you is of general interest there. Uh, one thing we talked about a lot was was the secondary, namely the corners, Okuda and Amani, who did not have a good day uh, in press uh, drills yesterday uh, and, you know, against Colts receivers who didn't exactly look great uh, in preseason game number one. Uh, we'll say that in press situations. And so it's bringing about the continued concern that I know I've had, and we've talked about it, um, that I think they got to sign a corner who specializes in press, whether that's a, you know, whether he's a star or not is irrelevant, but like a veteran who can help you get through it because I just, I'm not seeing it. Like I, I thought Okuda looked, looked bad, frankly, in press in the preseason game. I thought Amani yeah. looked bad in press in the preseason game and hearing Colton say it, they looked bad again yesterday. I don't know. What did you think? Am I, am I being too hard uh, on them? And the, Campbell said he liked how Okuda played. I said earlier to Colton, I'm kind of getting tired of hearing that he had a good game when I think he didn't. But like, that's, <laughs> that's another topic for another yeah. podcast, maybe. But well, the, the Imani thing probably worries me more than Okuda. I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Before I finish answering, I guess I'll ask: like, do you have any sense for? Because obviously Okuda's he hasn't played a regular season game since last September. Yeah, like he just started practicing in full a couple weeks ago. Right, Michael Pittman, you know, seeing some of these guys, Pierce, like these are big physical receivers, and he's obviously seeing, you know, Shark and Reynolds yep. and, and those guys in practice. But how, where it's, in the stage of recovery is like feeling comfortable with the 
well, physical that's, nature of playing press yeah. for him. And think? I think that's the entire question, and that's what, kind of what we Colton and I touched on earlier. Yeah. Where it was like, you know, uh, he has a lot on his plate. Men- the mental load for Jeff Okuda. And, I, and my point earlier was, and I'm curious for your take on this too, like I think, frankly, the mental, you know, he gets frustrated, I think. I could be wrong. But it seems to me that he gets frustrated because people don't understand, I, I think. And they don't give him credit for all the shit he's carrying. Because he blew his Achilles, he got drafted by a disaster of a head coach and a GM <laughs> in, in COVID, you know, yeah. got hurt on his like first day of practice, total disaster, team was a mess, he's playing, he played for Ohio State and had to come up here and deal with that crap, like, I mean, he's young, all of that, all of that, and I think that sometimes he thinks people don't give, you know, why do I not get a break here, you know, basically... My career has started in like the worst possible manner. Why are people not being more easy on me? But also at the same time, it's like, dude, like you have to let that go. Yeah. And I think we're at a point where he has to, and he's right to be upset about all that, but you got to let go. And I think that I still see the mental, I still see him get frustrated too much. I still see him show it too much. I still see it come out too much, um, too much of it. And that's my concern for him that, that he's not there mentally yet. And we never saw him get there mentally before the injury. So that's my concern. I am concerned about him because especially in, as a press corner, because I just, it's, it's, you know, I'm not seeing it get better. You know, maybe it'll get better in time, but, and, and maybe that's fair to suggest because he's still coming off the injury, but early returns are pretty similar to what they were last year. Yeah. Well, like I said, the Amani stuff worries me more, frankly, at this exact moment but i wouldn't feel i don't feel great about any of it i mean when no, we talked yeah. about this last show or two shows ago i mean i think that the problem and this came up in the preseason game too so i'll tie it into that mm-hmm. i think the biggest thing for me with the secondary is just how easy it is for offenses to convert on them in like third and eight situations like exactly. they have yeah. struggled so hard to get into those favorable down and distance spots and they they did it a couple times in the preseason game, and then I think it was Okuda gave up yep, the in the red zone. Yep. They it was like third, I think it was third and eight, third and third eight. nine, something like that. And they blitzed up the middle, didn't get home, of course. So now you're in in trouble anyway. Like the blitz has got to get there, but it didn't. And it was Mariota was still in, and he did his you know five step drop, and the ball was out, and it was yeah, it was a comeback, like a pitch and catch twelve yard completion. <laughs> it was a comeback, third and eight in the red yeah. zone, or like right, right on the edge of the red zone, and that Can't is the type it. of stuff that. The pass rush, the blitzes that, you know, Aaron Glenn will put some of that on himself and the pass rush obviously has to help you. That's what they always talk about. It's the marriage of it. But mm-hmm. those are the spots that have killed them, not just with Orowari and Okuda, but for years, really since, yeah. I mean, even when Slay was here, but especially since they got rid of Slay, like they just don't have guys who are going to challenge those passes. Yeah. Um, and it's just way too easy so I don't know what the fix is there because I mean, if you really, if you convince or worry and Okuda to really get up on everything and take away those quick hitters and their slants, or worry is going to give up fifty Ugh. yard receptions every so, time. Yeah, right. I don't know. Like that, this is the problem that they have. That and and or worry said it himself in the past. Like he, um, so the you Colton and I were. Uh, on Slack while he was watching practice. And I said, I was like, I thought Pittman and Pierce actually be an okay matchup for right. him. Pittman's a really good receiver, but like, but the physic, yeah. Oral right. Warrior has himself has said that 
the, he has trouble more with the quick mm-hmm. guys, you know, and we've seen it like Devontae Adams obviously carves up everyone, but you know, right. guys like who like are really Tyree quick Hill off the line, a, yeah, like more of the like the jitterbug, yeah, right. quick, yeah. good routes and the guys who want to get in there and bang around and stuff, he usually does okay with. And right. so if he's struggling with those guys now, I know, uh, but it's, you know, know and it's, it, it's in press and that's the thing where it's right. like, and Colt and I talked earlier where it was like, you got to keep in mind, those drills are tough. They're tougher on the defense sure. than they are the offense by a ton. The offense almost always wins. It's in fact, you know, notable when the defense does win, but like, <laughs> it's also, yeah. you know, why corners get paid. Can you press or not? If you can't, then you're a safety or a rotational third corner. <laughs> right. And so that's what we're talking about here. Like, can you do it or not? Amani can't. I think that we can sit here and tell you, based on evidence over however many seasons, that he would be better suited not as a one-in-your-face press corner. He would be better for your team if you had two guys that were in front of him and he were playing a specialized role. Because in zone, he's a good football player. Smart player. He makes plays on the ball, as we've seen. But in press, it's just not going to be there. And that's still the question, I think, with Okuda. And it's fair to continue to give him time on that. But, you know, I also think it's fair to bring somebody in here, sign somebody, a veteran, to stir the pot. Because, like, that's that's what I would, you know, I, I would be done worrying about the mental psyche of guys being challenged. You need to be challenged. That's what I, yeah. it's looking a little too comfortable when I'm hearing that Hukuda had a good game when he gave up a third and eight <laughs> that, you know, that yeah. was a difference between a field goal and a touchdown in a game you lost at the last second. That's the difference. And yeah. those are the plays Colton talked about earlier. There was a touchdown in the red zone that they gave up yesterday in, in, uh, in team where they did a nice job, got down, you know, Third and whatever in the red zone, and Amani gets beat in the back corner for a touchdown. And it's like, like you just said, that's the that is the play that has been killing this team right. for the last probably four right. seasons. And that's and you're not going to stop all of them. No, you're not going to get, get home get with the three pass of them. Every, right, <laughs> like three out of ten. That's <laughs> what you've got to be when they, you know, they've talked about needing more turnovers and interceptions and all those things, and that's certainly true. But that for me, hey, that's the pass breakups. Like, you've get got a couple. to get right. PPUs. Get off the field. Twice, two, if you get off the field on third two and seven, times. two more times yeah. a game, you're like you a 10-win win team. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're at least, a, yes, you're in. You're flirting with the playoffs probably. So, I, yeah, and, and I'm a little surprised. And You've mentioned it several oh. times, like, that they, that they might need to bring in veteran guys. And, like, you know, Savion Smith, I think, has been yeah. interesting because he can play press. And yeah, long. and that's uh, why Colton and I kept him on our 53. Yeah. And <laughs> People were like, like, what are you doing? <laughs> and that's why, you know, Jerry Jacobs, too. Uh-huh. Um, yep, he's yep. healthy. But I, I am a little surprised, to your point, that they had didn't do more to add in the secondary in general, but especially at corner, that they didn't bring in another guy. Like they brought in Hughes to play the slot. They brought in Deshaun Elliott on the one year deal uh, to play safety. I'm a little surprised there isn't one more like Rasheen yeah. Mathis type guy. You know, if just they're like someone who's like 33. You know, and you know, can start. We had this conversation last year with the receivers. And then yeah. they traded for Trinity Benson right before the end of training camp, right? Wow. <laughs> I wonder if yes. that's what we're gonna. See. I wonder if that's what we're gonna see. I wonder if. Well, yeah, that didn't work out. But like, obviously, and Brad Holmes <laughs> is gonna have to answer for that one, right? At his presser here in a couple weeks. But I wonder if we'll see something where, when the big cut comes in a couple weeks yeah. here, 
um, where they, they're just going to wait and see what's out there because that would be, I wouldn't rush to do it. Like if somebody, I, you know, made the thing about Colton, and I mentioned the dark West Denard thing, uh, you know, yeah. if he's not your fit, then fine. You could wait. But if they go into the season as is, I would be very concerned that that's, that feels like you're doing that on purpose and you just don't need to, you, you know, like that's last year. I understood it this year. I understand it less. It It's back into the same conversation of like, should guys get free passes this year because they can play special teams and nothing else? And my answer is no. You need to be able to reasonably go into a game and make a play for me defensively if you're going to be on the team. Like I think that that's where this needs to start. And you have enough guys you've drafted. You have enough guys that you should like to give those chances to. So I, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks here to see how it all yeah, turns I'm, out. I think you're right. I think they can wait, though, because the benefit of signing a th- you know, 30 year old, whatever it is, cornerback, especially one who's maybe been in, you know, something similar to the Saints or the Rams system or whatever, is that they can drop in and and start like Denard. Right off the street. Yeah. The 49ers grabbed him out of nowhere and he was starting right away. Playoffs, I think. So, yeah. Like, that is the guy you need. (laughs) Some guy that you could say he's on his couch. And he stands yeah. up and he walks out his front door and he's immediately your best press corner. Like right. that, yeah, those exactly. guys do exist. And like that's especially for this team. And so it, that's why I should stress that there, there shouldn't be a rush, uh, a rush there. And, you know, it's fair to continue to give those guys a chance. But like, yeah, man, the microscope is definitely intensifying on the corners. It's, it's getting harder to hide them, yeah. I think, is probably the thing. Uh, that we say, you have any other takeaways from Hard Knocks or the uh, preseason game there in person? I, I think the uh, the offense. Colton said the offense rebounded from a shakier start yesterday, but did some similar stuff uh, that we saw in the preseason game. I don't know. I I thought about what we expected from the first offense. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you guys touched on it, but that that first preseason's hard to gauge because it's always such a brief yeah it was one drive you know that first drive i thought was really good it was really good (laughs) they did a lot of the stuff they want to do and you saw them moving the line like and not just like sewell moving guys but everyone was moving people on that drive and uh so i think that that was super encouraging for them and and like you said i think probably a lot what we thought from this offense um (laughs) They didn't take the deep shots. Which well, came up in the presser. They were but, covered. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, I went um, back and looked at them. That's the one thing that you, you know, eventually I think we'll see more of, and we've seen in. Well, okay, let's talk about that. Actually, so. let's talk about that because that no. did that was a topic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, you you're know. gonna play the clip of the question no. from the presser. Okay, but it will continue to be a topic because fans will ask about it. They did last year too, and they used to with Stafford. It's fair, like not fair, but it's whatever. Um. They called a shot play on the very first play of the game. Uh, it was a play action, yeah. the Yankee with, you know, the one guy does the post, one guy does the fly, they cross over the middle, and you got the dump off to Williams, and they had to take the dump off because Atlanta's playing too deep and you're not going to get the shot. They're also not going to get shots in a preseason game because shots in this offense have to exist off play action, and they have to be... And I know that all the data and everything else points to the fact that, you you know, you, you, all this, the run doesn't have to set up the pass, blah, blah, blah. But in order to scheme the, what they're going to scheme the best, I mean, their run game is going to be involved big time in everything they do with the pass game. And so in a similar sense to where the Colts struggled in their first preseason game with their pass offense, um, part of the reason why was because I don't think Taylor even played and they weren't running any, you know, throw action 
nothing. It was just like five yards, get open and catch a ball. And that's what the Lions were doing. Other than I think the first couple, whatever, it was a lot of like run a five yard out, run a five yard stop. I'll throw it to you. We won't get hurt. and We'll get out of here. Like that was what they did. So right, it is what it is. You're not going to see that in, in the preseason probably at all. And I think that it's going to be a similar situation in season where it might look frustrating at times. If some teams are sitting back and playing too high and saying, we're not going to let you do that, you're just going to have to run the ball, then they're just going to have to run the ball. And that's just how it's going to have to go. And they're going to have to be okay with that. And Goff's going to have to be disciplined to make the checkdowns and run the offense that way. So, I mean, I they're not going to be a team that just takes shotgun snaps, runs five slot fades, and then has Goff <laughs> just start right. chucking it. Like, right. that's not going to happen. So... I think that's important to probably explain to people. Yeah, and Hawkinson didn't play, so that's no. one of your vertical threats that isn't in there. Mitchell Especially up the middle. Yeah. Mitchell didn't play either, right, I don't think? I don't think so. If he did, it was limited, so not much. Because Wright, Wright was in there at the start. Yeah, um, and he didn't play much either because they gave those other so guys a chance. Yeah. those are vertical threats at the tight end spot. I mean, the thing for me and that I mentioned, if there was one thing I think Goff's been better at, it's that he's not like, oh, it's wide open, so now I can throw he, Right. Yeah, like, he's right. been throwing it into tougher spots and letting his receivers go. And even on that first play, if I'm remembering, I was trying to pull it up and I failed while we were talking here, but even <laughs> if I'm remembering, there was like maybe a split second. I think it was St. Brown was running yeah. the post. There was maybe a split second where you're like, all right. Yeah. Cause he was actually turn, late turn with his loose. check down. He was actually, um, I think he wanted to, and I think he did. I think he wanted to, and he was going to throw it into double coverage and he was late with his check. Which and is, so I, that's the thing. Know. Like, are, is he going to, is he going to take the, more of those chances when it matters? Yeah. Or we just, is that going to be something we see in, when it saw in May and July, and then we get to September and he's back to... That's a great point. I got to wait. I, he's not open. I can't throw it. Yeah. When, as we said, with Ben Johnson, was like, don't wait till he's open. Throw him open. Throw him and let him go get open. He'll make his way open. Um, yeah, if, you're, if your pre-snap read of, of what they're in generally you know, plays into what you have called. Like you're going to have a, the guy's going to have a chance based on what you're seeing pre-snap, then you got to give him a shot. I think that's kind of, depending on the situation of the game, first play of a preseason game. Well, right. No, right. right. But that's Fourth what I mean. quarter like, of Stafford, a tie game, like you're saying. Right. Yeah, man. Like, like when Stafford would get, if Stafford saw cover one pre-snap, it was, we're a, going. it was going deep. It yeah. was deep ball up the sideline. No it matter didn't what. matter who was in. Yeah. It was right. usually Marvin Jones, but yeah. it didn't matter. That's where right. it was going. It was going deep up the sideline if you saw cover one. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know how much cover one you see <laughs> anyway, but. Right. Um, but hey, that's look. what I mean. Like if, yeah. if Goff sees it pre. Yeah. Like you're saying, you're right. If it's there pre-snap, if he gets to the line and says, oh, okay, it's open. He can't get, he can't go to into his drop and wait to see if it develops the way he thought it was going to. And that's the thing. Trust, trust that's the thing there. the receivers have talked about in preseason that he has done in camp. That to, to to the point we're talking about right here, that has to translate to games. That has to translate to playing against somebody else in real time, not in the friendly confines of the practice field. Like you have to be able to right. make that decision and let it rip and be okay with what happens. And I think that that's sort of the bridge that he has to cross, probably. Um, be okay with what happens. Throw your best ball, give your guy a shot, and let's see what happens. And if it's an interception, it's an interception. And we're going to try to get the... We're going to try to get back. Like, that's all you can do. And I think that him playing afraid to make a mistake, we saw that last year, or the first nine games of the year, and it was a disaster. He cannot play afraid. And uh, frankly, we haven't seen that from him at all yet, I don't think. But it is a fair question to have as we go into real real games here, I think. 
So, how difficult were the cuts for your fifty-three man uh, roster projection this first time through? Um, well, it was hard because like I'm I'm having a hard time with that exactly what we talked about. Like Colton and I just touched on it too. Like the special teams versus some people were like, I don't, you, you know, we cut Bobby Price and C.J. Moore and some of these guys that they normally in the last yeah. four, four years have been keeping because they can play, you know, three special teams roles. Well, to me, I, I'm telling Kirby Joseph to play three special teams. That's what you're doing. Okay. Like, and you're going to also play safety because I think you can, like, I would rather that start happening more, but I don't know if it will. And like, that's, that's why it was hard. And it's, I feel like there could also still be some shuffling in terms of on that last cut. If we see, then bring some guys in because I, again, I get a sense like they've talked about this and even if you've watched hard knocks, you can sort of see it a little bit. Like they're trying to move forward. This isn't last year. You're not going to just, we're not going to like, Hey, we think you can do it. So we're going to take a, take a ride with you and see what happens. Like if you can't do it, you can't do it. We had to go on. We got to move on. Kelvin Shepard's talk in the linebackers room about, <laughs> I am begging you old guys to beat this rookie, right. but I will start him. I'm sorry. Like, that's just what we're going to do now. And I, so that's been rattling in the back of my head. And I am curious your thoughts on that before we write out of here. Like when it comes down to the final, you know, cut time, how's this going to, I don't know. Like uh, we talked about that all last year. Are they going to keep talking? Yeah. Kennedy was the thing last year where it's like, I don't know. Like, well, I mean, he might you know, be in the discussion uh, well. again. <laughs> uh, like they're most, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's again. the thing I was trying to go through and do. You know, you're trying to uh, – going off your 53, and I think I – you know, I tweeted out that I think I probably would have kept an extra linebacker and an extra right. guy in the secondary. Like Brady Breeze was really good on special teams for him after they got him last year. C.J. Moore has been mm-hmm. like their guy on special teams for two for regimes now. Yeah. Like I think I probably would have tried to squeeze one of them on. And then like I, I don't know if Jared Davis is going to make it, but I do think they like Josh Woods quite a bit as that mm-hmm. backup, you know, special teams guy. So, but you're right. I mean, that's those are sort of the discussions you're talking about. Like, if Josh Woods is your sixth linebacker, what is that? Maybe just go let Derek Barnes do what he does. Yeah, special teams. Right. You know, um, and exactly. maybe the same thing at safety. I mean, safety is a little thinner if you don't keep Breeze and more. So I don't know. I think they already cut Breeze, didn't they? But. Uh, who's the more, first cut? Oh, who's the first safety they got cut? I have to look now. But anyway, go ahead, keep talking. I'll did go, they cut? I'll look it up. I think they uh, did. Maybe. Oh, well, I guess. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I guess sorry. Good decision. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He was in that first round of cuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah I right. think he was. Yeah. Um, so right. more. So yeah, CJ Moore. But maybe even the fact that they cut Brady Breeze in that first wave is an indication that, like, all Good right, day. you got to do something else because he was taken. There was a moment in this like. In like the late spring, he was getting first team reps when Melifanu was banged up, and so yeah, I, yes. I think you're probably right. I think this is they're at a point now where it's not. Let's just you know piece it all together with whatever we can find. It's we here's our here's 53 good players, and we'll figure out how to put together special teams. We've got enough athletes now. You've got can, yeah. I mean, you've got other guys on the team that are advancing, that are yeah growing, and you owe it to them. To grow with them. And if you've got guys that aren't growing at the same track, they got to get off the ride. And I think that's going to be a harder thing for them to sort out in these next couple weeks before the big down to 53. 
And I, it, we'll see, but it would not surprise me if we see some cuts that people are like, whoa, okay. Like, I did not think that was going to happen, but yeah. it's time to move on. Like, I, we'll see. I'm not totally sure of that, but I've, I've wondered because I've, the staff has been very delicate, I think, with the message of like, we are not going to sit here and do the same thing we did last year where we're just going to play you because we have no other option and we're going to act like it's okay because we have no other option. We do have other options now. We're cutting you, and we're moving. Well, on that's what, like, the, some of those <laughs> offensive linemen. Like, I yeah. don't know that Matt Nelson is a lock anymore. Ryan McCollum, like, Ryan McCollum, like, brick that snap. Khalif and got Raymond's cut. going to be on the team. Khalif Raymond's yeah. a big. Like, they Fair. love Khalif Raymond, but that's one of the guys to me. Like, if you start getting tight, mm-hmm. like, yeah, him or Godwin, well, right? Yeah, exactly. Who's going? Like, how much is Khalif Raymond going to play if we're using our top three and he's not returning kicks for us this year? Like, and again, I don't think he's out. I think he's too valuable. I think they still really value him. Yeah, but it would have to be. You'd have to have that type of. Those are some of the conversations they're probably going to have. Like Austin Bryant. um, Yes, that's a good one. A lot of these guys that uh, last year felt pretty safe. And now, like you're saying, this year it's, I don't know. I don't know if they're safe anymore. So, yeah, yeah, like it should be interesting. It's it's definitely going to be interesting because it's like. Yeah, I just the bottom of the roster has to be better as you go forward because like I said, I mean, you can't you can't just keep going with what's there because that's the only thing we're we're not going to make a commitment to anybody else or we're not going to and you know, some of that's cap reasons and all that, but yeah, the team has to grow and I think that's well, fair. even Godwin, like Godwin, yeah. Jamar Jefferson, Justin Jackson, like you, you would need ha- Yes. Guys? Well, Godwin, I think if you think he's a great returner, but like if not, no. And right. like the reason why, and like Khalif Raymond, like I was saying, like I don't think they would cut him either. Yeah. But the only reason I don't think so is because he's basically like a captain. You would have to right. be like right. a, you would right. have you would have to be like a team captain or right. Kabinda to make the team right. and be a specialty right. player. So yeah. that I think is my point. Like there are gonna be no more like, well, he's a interesting. We'll see. Like no, like no. you're either. Yeah. If you're not like setting examples for people with your tireless work ethic, like Raymond does, and if you can't do more, then you're out. I think that's going to be we're going to see yeah. more of that um, coming up here, and it's maybe going to make for some more interesting. But we'll see. I could be wrong. We're always wrong on that. So I, <laughs> <laughs> we are always wrong on that. Although we didn't have, I think we got yeah, we, we didn't have any it. misses on the first one. Yeah, so that's five good. for five so far. So that's a good. That's a better start than we usually have yeah. on the roster projection. Usually, it's like three guys that were like, "What the hell?" Like, where did that come from? Yeah, so. Anyway, I think that'll be good for today. Unless you got anything else to uh, talk about, we'll uh, ride on out of here. Yeah. All good. Okay, well, in any event, uh, Colton will have more Lions Colts uh, practice stuff later today on the Athletic, or what, I guess Thursday. I don't know when this is going to publish. And then, of course, we'll have uh, Lions Colts coverage and play more next week, including another podcast. We'll come back with Colton and recap everything. Uh, maybe Chris will join us. We'll see. Um, in any event, for everyone else, I am Nick. <laughs> Be care. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you later.